you're listening to Veg Your Best. There has never been a more important time to be vegan. At Veg Your Best, I want to help you. I want to help you limit and eliminate the consumption of animal products without feeling deprived, overwhelmed, or unsupported, even if no one you know is vegan. My name's Michelle Olander. I'm a life coach. And I know that if I could go vegan in my 50s, with all my excuses, I know you can start moving in that direction too. Veg your best, and there's nothing you can't do. Episode 149, Vegan Interior Design with Aileen Dewar. This week's guest wrote the book on vegan interior design, and she did it as a COVID-slash-pregnancy project. In our conversation today, Aileen Dewar, award-winning interior architect, coach, and author, explains what vegan interior design even is. She explains why it matters and how you can realistically implement a healthy, cruelty-free, and sustainable lifestyle in your home, in your office, or your business, affordably and without sacrificing quality, whether you yourself are actually vegan or not. Vegan food, right? It's become mainstream. Vegan fashion and cosmetics, rapidly catching up. But what about vegan homes? What about vegan workplaces and hotels? This week on the pod, we discuss Aileen's informative and very educational book titled, authoritatively, Vegan Interior Design, as well as her brand new online course. Aileen tells us about her journey towards veganism, her thoughts about how to talk about and market her business, and how she helps other designers source and problem solve vegan products. Do you even know whether your wall paint was a source of pain to animals? Do you know that the leather on your couch may not actually even come from cows, but from cats or dogs? Do you know that your fluffy down pillow is posing a health risk to you? Do you know why towels might not be vegan? It's all in the book, Vegan Interior Design. It's a wealth of information and practicality for those of us who want to continue to grow as responsible, vegan, and cruelty-free consumers. And it was used to inspire her new six-week course, which is aimed at design professionals as well as concerned consumers. So right now, listen. Listen to Aileen Dewar, the vegan interior designer, and I will catch you on the other side. Aileen Dewar, the vegan interior designer, welcome to Veg Your Best podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I've been reading your book and, um, you know, it's the expression that she wrote the book on vegan interior design. You actually did. And it's called that vegan interior design. Yes. It's a fairly recent book, right? Yes. I, well, I published it two years ago. Yes. Was it a COVID project? It was. It was a COVID slash pregnancy project. <laughs> I just had to get it out before the baby was born. So that was a good, a good motivation. 
<laughs> yeah. Now, so Aline, I, I have a bunch of things to ask you and I, I've been, I have questions from your book, but the beginning in your book, it starts with a question that I try to begin with, with most of my clients. And that is your why. Can you tell us a little bit your why for being a vegan interior designer and architect? Yes. Um, it's really, uh, it developed quite, um, Quite naturally, I, I turned vegan now five years ago, and it was after watching a documentary. And I was always, I was vegetarian for a long time, but it never really clicked, um, you know, why cows give milk and all these kind of details. And um, I stumbled across a documentary called Dominion here in Australia. And um, that kind of sent me vegan overnight because I thought, well, how am I supporting all this cruelty? How did I not see this before? I need to turn vegan um, immediately. And I kind of did with nutrition and then cosmetics followed. And uh, yeah, my wardrobe was pretty vegan already. But um, then I sat down and I thought, well, but I'm still specifying all these leathers and not so much leather, but wool rugs and um, down dunas, down pillows um, for people and for myself too. Um, I can't do that anymore if I'm vegan. And um, I kind of delved into that much further and there wasn't that much information out there in a compact form. So um, I collected information from everywhere. And then I thought, well, okay, there's no things such as vegan interior design out there yet. Somebody needs to put this information together. So I so I just started with writing a book and I didn't really think it would go, it would change my whole career, but it did. But so my why is really just, yeah, being vegan myself and then bringing that into my work because it's very much related. Um, yeah, because so many things in the home and any spaces are still not vegan and a lot of people don't know. So I found out this with my own research and then just wanted to put it out there. Well, I think that's one of the real big takeaways from your book is that we don't know. And even when we do know, we're kind of at a loss. What would we do? I know even not so long ago, I specced a wool rug because I was afraid of off gassing in my, in my child's, my kids are grown, but they have kids of their own now. And I didn't want off-gassing with a new rug in their rooms. And then I read your book and I see wool rugs off-gas as well. And not much better. <laughs> hmm. Yes. That's, yeah. And it's true in vegan interior design or like, you know, just in yet yeah, all specifications, it is still a little bit of um, picking the lesser evil because yes, there is a lot of vegan materials out there that are definitely vegan or the vegan leathers, um, lots of faux leathers, but they're all PU or leather or, you know, vinyl, all the things you also don't want to have in your home. So it is, yeah, it's a whole educational journey, I guess, because you don't want animal products, but you also don't want the toxins of the other materials. So you really need to find good alternatives, <laughs> which they're all out there, but they're not marketed and they're not easily accessible if you don't know what you're looking for. Yes. So 
Yeah, and they're not accessible to the mass market the way vegan food is with a vegan label on it, you know? Yeah, that's such a good point because I think a lot of people, you know, maybe not most, but a lot of people come to veganism with a health concern. They're thinking they're choosing... Um, sometimes, sometimes the ethics, they've just, they, they can't even think about the ethics for a while, but so it, this is their kind of entry yes. point is for health. And then to find out that it's not just food that is potentially harmful for us when it's not vegan, that all these other materials in our homes are, are potential problems. Can you, can you mention just a couple of those? I, I want to refer everyone to your book for more details, but uh, maybe you could just kind of People who are just going, what are you talking about, Michelle? <laughs> yeah, well, I think, um, do you mean vegan products or also why animal products are not healthy? No, why some of the animal products that we've just assumed yeah. belong in our homes that are normal, normal, um, yeah. are not that healthy for us. Well, I guess wool is one of the most obvious ones. And that's what where a lot of vegans still go, well, um, sheep have to be sheared anyway, so we're not really hurting the animal and I'm okay with wool because that's kind of like an off product or byproduct um, and animals are not harmed. And to start with, that's not true, but if we leave the ethical part out of it, um, wool is always sold as, you know, biodegradable and so natural and sustainable, but it really isn't by the time it gets to us because the wool is sustainable and healthy on the animal. But as soon as you shear it off the animal or take it off the animal's back, it needs to be treated with a lot of chemicals just in order to make it workable and durable because it's got, to start with, wool is really rough. So to make it soft and workable, they put a whole lot of softeners and chlorine in it. And then there's all the pesticides that go in it just you know to kill all the little pests and mites and things that are naturally in wool. And by the time the wool gets to a workable fabric or, you know, a wool rug, there's so many toxins and chemicals in it just to get it to that point. And we never think of that because we think, you know, it's, a, yeah, it's wool comes off the sheep, pretty natural um, and it's probably been cleaned, but that's about it. But there's so many different steps before it gets there that, all contains so many harmful substances and any toxin that is in a material can off gas for years. Like if you take leather, I mean, yeah, most vegans don't really want to have leather around them anyway, but the toxins in leather, there's I think 200 that are allowed to be used for leather alone officially. And they, they can off gas for up to 25 years. That's a long time that this product is sitting in your house and still off gases and, you know, your child sleeps on it. It's sometimes still off gases. So yeah, wool and leather are probably the most prominent ones. And wool is the one where most vegans are surprised because yeah, they accept it as it's a, it's an animal product, but it doesn't really harm. Right. Which it, actually does but <laughs> it's all the things that are actually in it and yes you know so that's there's allergens and lots of people are actually allergic to the the oil in the wool so and and so you are i don't know if i said but a lot of people uh will know that you are in australia and which is is it the largest exporter of of wool 
in the world or it's one of the top ones? It's either Australia or New Zealand. I never know, but mm-hmm. I think it is Australia. Yes. Because every time I pay, yeah, that's the other one. I see New Zealand. If if you look at anything that's for sale from that's like carpeting or whatever, it always says New Zealand yes. or Australian wool. So are you are you unpopular with this opinion in your home country? Um, I'd say so. Yes, yes, because of course, like it's a huge industry, um, and it supports a lot of families. <laughs> you know, there's also other jobs out there that would be more useful and ethical but yes um it's probably not popular but i yeah i feel there's there is a lot of kids that are actually not good with wool or you know they just they get rashes and things and it's it is increasing a little bit from what i've read like you know scientific reports and things um but yeah i'm not sure i just Rather than trying it out, I would just avoid it and use something else with less chemicals. Mm. So talking about your 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 specialty, I know recently, well, maybe a, few, a couple of years ago, you said that you rebranded. It was in your book that you rebranded your business to be vegan interior design. And you talk in your book a little bit about how you weighed the pros and cons of that because I think we, many of us know for some non-vegans, the word vegan can be, as they say, triggering. Yes. (laughs) So um, why did you decide to just embrace it? Vegan interior design. Um, Yes. Like you said, you know, I thought about it for a long time and I thought of alternatives and I thought, oh, do I call it cruelty-free design, which is a little bit less specific and, you know, nobody wants to be cruel. So I'm, and I came up with a whole lot of different options. And then I thought, well, and, and I did my research, what's what's out there already. And I think at some point I just made the decision and thought, no, I'm I'm like it's not out there and it needs to be out there. <laughs> there needs to be a company called Vegan Interior Design. And since it's not out there, it has to be me. And I, I just I gave it a shot and I feel like I had the benefit of um still being at home with my daughter and just working on projects that I had time for. So I had a bit of room to try it out. And I thought, well, if it, you know, if it does work, if I don't find any clients, if I just get hate mail um, every day, <laughs> then um, I'll stop. But then I published my book together with the, with the change and the book sold so much better than I expected. I just, I really, I wrote the book more to gather my own thoughts and have it all in one place. And also just, you know, to look a little bit more professional. And all of a sudden the book was selling very well in the US and in the UK and in Europe. Yeah. Like all sorts of places in Europe, but I really didn't expect it to. And because the book sold so well, I was like, I was thinking, well, there is interest. Um, there is people out there buying it. So I'll just stick with it. And my business is more focused on education now at the moment anyway. I don't really, I I work on individual projects and with clients and I have a lot of clients in the US, um, funny enough, but they they always find me. And um, I focus more on the educational side though. And I help interior designers that want to, go down the vegan route or that have have a client and they just can't find 
products or materials, um, help them out finding that. So that's what I'm focusing on a little bit more now. And that's why I did not really worry too much about not finding enough clients because I thought, well, if there's vegans out there, they'll find me. And if there's people out there that are really put off by the word vegan in the company name, then they'll stay away. <laughs> they're not um, your clients anyway, probably. They're not right? my clients anyway. But um, yeah, I find it actually, I have a lot of non-vegan clients and it does interest them. I'm like, well, what can not be vegan in interior design? And then they ask questions. And um, I find, yeah, I mean, if a client tells me they really want leather, I won't specify. I so, said, well, you have to source that yourself. I just, I, I'm, I, it's not what I do. I don't look into that. But of course, I won't tell a client who wants to buy a leather couch not to buy it. It's their money. It's their space. But yeah, I find they usually won't do it after I tell them about leather. <laughs> well, that is what is really remarkable about your book, because it's very clear. It's very organized. It's very um, kind of no nonsense. And also, I think... Um, not agenda driven because you are quite clear that some of the replacements that are available are not necessarily better the way they're manufactured, the, the, no. the processes, what they do for pollution, what the workers have to um, endure by creating some of the um, plastics and things like this. Yes. So you are, um, I think it's a very balanced book and you are very kind of evidence driven. And I, I do so appreciate that. And I think just by bringing it up, your book shows manufacturers exactly where we need some solutions. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Because there is still a lot of space and a lot of solutions needed. That's right. They are developing very quickly. Like when I started writing my book, there were far less options out there than there are now um, in kind of good alternatives um and yeah i feel like there's a lot happening a lot happened in the last three years and there's a lot happening right now so the whole sustainability movement and you know climate change and everything helps us in that aspect because even if it's a company that doesn't focus on the vegan aspects of their materials or finishes they focus on the non-toxin non-chemical part and it all goes hand in hand really um, so that really helps. So it is getting there, but yes, there's still lots of improvements possible. Well, I mean, I, you, you uh, organize your book by materials that are typically uh, used, uh, textiles, um, flooring, uh, you organize it by um, uh, spaces, the, the different rooms and what we could pay attention to in different rooms. And I thought, because I'd like everybody to read the book or take your course, tell us a little bit about your course. And then, then I'll, I'll ask you to tell us some ideas that we can have percolating in the back of our minds as we go forward this spring with our, well, actually, it's not spring for you. It's fall <laughs> in Australia, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> But for anybody, for the change of seasons, if we would like to freshen our spaces or we want to be guiding ourselves in our choices um, with, with a little bit of um, refined refined uh, consideration for where these pro products are coming. So tell us about your course and then let's let's start with a few ideas we can send the listeners home with today. Sure, no problem. Um, 
the course really stems from from the book because there yeah the book got a lot of interest and then I got a lot of questions from people all over the world um about more details and more more uh deeper level of information and I was contacted by quite a few interior designers that said well I have this client um but I really don't know what to specify or I'm in South Africa and I don't know how to source things um and this is where the idea for online course stemmed from um because I thought well it isn't actually that hard if you know what you're doing but you really need to know where to look and how to look and what questions to ask um and that's why I created that course and it's 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 got six main modules um the first three explain why um, vegan interior design concerns health, ethics, but also sustainability and in what extent and why animal products aren't any of these three things. Um, and then the three other modules focus on what we can actually specify, what we can use, what we should use. Um, dangers of chemicals as well there's a big chapter on chemicals and what are the better options so i guess yeah the the course is a it's just a much deeper level um of the subject um than the book the book is a good basic knowledge um source and then the course goes a step deeper for people that want to just design their own homes or you know buy things I find like interior design always puts people off because they think oh I'm not a designer but it's everyone's a designer of their own home <laughs> you know so um yeah it, it, it's directed at anyone at interior designers that want to work in the vegan space but also at people that just want to know how to improve their homes and go that further level of you know but like any types of finishes i i talk about glues i talk about floorboards and and why plywood isn't vegan and what we can use instead so it it much more detail so okay let's let's talk about it why isn't plywood vegan i forgot what's in it because there's, there's so many things but i think that one was because there's a glue in it that then again uses all sorts of different like pig hooves and ox gal and don't quote me on it because yeah but it's there's a whole lot of animal products hidden in things where you wouldn't expect them like when you read my book you probably knew already but toilet paper people go like what why toilet paper but it's the it's the binding agent and it's just yeah we don't know and we don't expect it but when you find out you feel like it's everywhere <laughs> So this is, so what are five, one of the things I think you say so compassionately in the book is that uh, we don't know, and then we can't be expected to be um, 100% in compliance because we don't know what's in everything. We don't have the materials. We don't have the knowledge. We don't have the, the focus, but we can do a little bit better and we can show a little yes. bit of awareness. Where are maybe five or four or five things that we could quite easily keep our eyes open for and maybe um, uh, make better decisions in our home as well as begin the process of educating ourselves about 
uh, vegan interior design and products? I guess, well, an easy one, not that everyone is frequently repainting their houses, but if you are painting, for example, and a lot of clients are you know, refreshing their homes every, every now and then with more with fresh paint, paint is a very, very good one because um, most a lot of paints are not vegan and the ones that aren't are usually also very toxic because they're plastic based and they contain a whole lot of chemicals you don't really want to have on your walls. So if you do have a project of repainting, um, it's good to look into water-based and vegan paints and they're out there. They're not actually hard to find. And that's one that's really good for your health and for your walls. And that's, you know, if you want to freshen up your house, that's what a lot of people do. So you just don't buy a whole new set of furniture. So that's fairly easy then, paint. From now on, we can start, if we're not using up the paint that we've got in our in our garage or whatever, if we're yes. buying something new, we can look for water-based and vegan paints. That's right. Um, then another Another one that's kind of covering vegan and slash healthy materials and and fabrics is there. Um, there's two standards out there. It's the GOTS, the Global Organic Textile Standard, GOTS, and that is that certifies that the materials have been um, have been made organically and excludes a whole lot of really toxic chemicals that are otherwise used in materials and, and fabrics and textiles. So if you find a, a material or even a product, I mean, it's in clothing as well, that's got certified, that's always the best option or the better option. And the other one is called the Ocotax Standard 100. And that's another one. You see it a lot in, in T-shirts and in clothing now. It's just uncertified that it's organic cotton and it's organically made. And again, it excludes a whole lot of um, toxins from materials and fabrics. So if you, know, if you buy new pillows or new cushions and they are upholstered, just look what the fabric is made from. And I guess overall, um, my recommendation is to just go with natural fabrics and it sounds so so boho or you know sometimes a bit like oh no but like ute and 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 seagrass and sisal they they're really good natural hemp hemp and bamboo can be such um good alternatives to anything else because they have the the softness, they have the different textures, and you can buy any any cushion, any fabric, any material, any bed linen from a more natural source. Um, so if you, you know, that's another thing that people buy more frequently, like linen and, and, and soft textiles. If you are out there next time and you need a new um, duvet cover, just look for the for those certifications and for more natural products because they might still have some chemicals in them in the production, but it's far more reduced and 
that's always the better option. And are those international certifications? Are, are yes. Th- okay. Yes. Well, one Ocotax, um, as you can probably tell by the name, Standard One Hundred. It, it's a German one, but it is internationally used. And the and the global organic textile standard. Yes, it's yeah. You find it anywhere, and once you know and once you see the label, once you'll see it everywhere. <laughs> it really is now popping up everywhere, and they're two really good standards because then you know, because if you don't ask and nobody has the time to ask about any little product they buy for their house, um, you know, send five emails to suppliers, nobody has that time. Mm. And um, if there's some certifications you can look out for, these two are really good because they are commonly used. Now, is that kind of certification used with towels? Because I know that's one of the things that you talk about is our towels vegan <laughs> <laughs> that certification is used i have to say those two certifications don't mean that it is vegan but they they certify that there's not all these chemicals unhealthy chemicals in them mm-hmm. yeah towels <laughs> i stumbled across that while while writing my book towels are usually not vegan because of the beeswax used in the making of the product but also um the binding agents the 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 dyes um a lot of dyes are not vegan and um yeah never thought about that until i came across a company that that advertised the only vegan certified towel in the world why are towels not vegan now so yeah learn something new every day but um yes they would be they would be got certified as well because they're not using any of these things now what about in terms of hard furnishings are there some things that we should specifically keep our eyes open for in terms of furniture or materials finishing materials in inside our homes i guess one that really <laughs> Um, one that struck me, I, I bought it, I specified a couch for a client um, not that long ago, and it was advertised as, as vegan, and it had the foam, and it didn't have down, it had foam seating and upholst- uh, and, 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 and back cushions, and it had the vegan upholstery, and just, I don't know, I had a feeling, I just sent an email to the supplier anyway, and I said, can I just confirm that this... Um, lounge is fully vegan because my clients are very very specific about it um and they said well it isn't because the wood is polished with beeswax mm-hmm. oh okay that that's one i didn't even think about so with wooden furniture i usually just assumed all wooden furniture is vegan too but it's usually polished in beeswax or um there's another one well yeah uh, resin that's not vegan either so I guess it's you can't go around and and not buy anything and because you think there might be something hidden in it. But um yeah, I guess wax and there is a lot of vegan furnishing uh, furniture waxes out there, but um <laughs> but that's one you can easily ask. Um and then of course a lot of furniture is upholstered in down when you wouldn't even think it is so down is another one that's um, used a lot but easily prevented because there's a whole lot of ranges that are made with foam all sorts of different foams rather than the 
the feathers and they're just as soft and comfortable. Now I can imagine that some people are listening and going, okay, it's beeswax and what am I going to do? But just asking is going to remind, even if you say, okay, well, all right. It's not what I would prefer beeswax, but it's maybe in the scale of my decisions, a smallish thing, but just by asking, I mean, I'm guessing that is reminding these manufacturers, there's probably a very simple replacement for beeswax in some of these ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's what I always say. I mean, it's just having the knowledge is, is powerful. It doesn't mean that you have to not buy anything anymore. And I'll admit, I, I bought a lounge in 2015 and I still have it and it's filled with feathers. And, you know, some vegans say, oh, how can you sit on it when you know it's it's dead animals and all this torture in your home? But I think, well, they've died. I paid for it. The process, it's, that process is done. Um, if I throw it out now, it's even more pointless. So I'm just going to use it as long as I can and then when I buy the next lounge, I'm going to know better. So there's a whole lot of different levels. And that's what I, I find really important um, that everyone decides what they do. And if you know it's, yeah, if you know something is covered in beeswax, but you think, well, that's probably one of the smaller issues um, in the whole vegan scheme, at least you mention it to the manufacturer or to the supplier and they think about it when they wouldn't even have thought about it before because it's just such a normal thing to do. And that's with anything I find. And that's what I teach my students a lot too. Just by asking questions, you change so much. You might not change the situation and what's out there on offer right now. And you might not find exactly the product you want or need, but by just asking for it, it might be there next year. Yeah, I think I think that's so powerful. Just asking, just saying, do you have any options? What could what could I what could I buy from you that actually fits my ethical choices or my health concerns? This is just getting people to think at any kind of a wise right. businessman yes. is seeing this is a growth market. It's already kind of kicked up in our dairy you know, replacements and in some of the other other foods that um, they're like, well, I guess we don't really need all this eggs, meat, uh, dairy in everything there. We can we can clearly come up with some opportunities to create. I mean, not just not just vegans are making this even standard uh, regular companies that have have always yes. had meat and dairy are coming to the table with it. So these Very these manufacturers, is. yeah. And you know, I think beeswax. Um, this is this 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 goes to this idea of what we think is natural and normal. Um, beeswax. It sounds lovely, right? It sounds absolutely like <laughs> Heidi. You know, it sounds like something yes. <laughs> from the Alps that we would want to. Uh, but of course, it's not. It's not without without cruelty and without uh, environmental impact. So we have to kind yes. of just like retrain our ideas of what is what what it is we like. That's right, and everyone has their has their own limits. I mean, yeah, I I know plenty of vegans that say I'm I'm strictly vegan, but I do eat honey. I was like, okay, well, if that's your definition of vegan, I'm not going to challenge it. it. You know, you're vegan enough for yourself. It's nobody's got to that's right to judge it. But then there's clients that 
I had a client who didn't want non-vegan inks in their prints. Like I specified some prints for their walls with quotes. And I said, well, is it printed on vegan paper with vegan inks? I'm like, okay, we're going to that level. That's It's great. And I, I'm enjoying it. And that's what I do. But I have a lot of clients that say, well, let's stop at that one and let's just get it printed um, somewhere quickly and affordable. <laughs> and it's not that vegan inks are not affordable, but you need to go to specific printers to get it done. And um, for that, you need to know where to go. So yeah, it's everyone's got their own levels and there's no right and wrong. It's the same with food. So yeah, I feel like my role is it to put all the information out there and I don't mind getting attacked by, you know, people that say, oh, beeswax, don't be ridiculous. We can't, we can't go to the level of specifying vegan glues, but I'm not trying to convince people. I just want to let them know glues aren't generally vegan. If you want to look for vegan glues, you can do it. If not, that's, that's totally fine too. Well, I think it's also important that we, you know, I, the name of the, the podcast is Veg Your Best because there it's a continuum. And I think you even say in the book, there is no such thing as somebody who is making no choice that in somehow is underwrite that, you know, pays for some kind of animal cruelty somewhere because it because we just it's just around yeah. us. We do not live in a vegan world. So what we're doing is just um, I think sometimes that gets thrown back at us. Oh, somewhere you are hypocritical or somewhere we are um, not in complete congruence. No, but that is kind of what is takes some bravery for people who are moving towards a plant based and vegetarian and vegan direction is that we're just willing to um, willing to just do our best. That's right. And that's all you can do. I mean, yeah. And that'll make a big difference. Well, I love, and I love that. I mean, I, I was looking for vegan interior design someone, and then I go, well, I guess I'll just uh, type in vegan interior designer. You're the only one with that. <laughs> I thought it was See, so and that, great. And that's what I thought. Like when people Google that and nothing comes up, that's really sad. And that, that was my decision. Go with the name because I thought, well, that's, it is what it is. and <laughs> It needs to be out there. Yeah. And you do have, and in your book, I mean, you have footnotes. This is not just like something you dashed off with your, from your point of view. It's not just, uh, no, it's, it's not, not a manifesto. <laughs> it's actually kind of uh, very researched and the best information that you have right now, you know, there's that, that Churchill quote that first we shape our buildings and then our buildings shape us. And yes. uh, I think as vegans, that's a beautiful new horizon for us to start thinking about that because we are more, most of us are a little bit thoughtful about our cosmetics and, you know, materials that we clean with, not just our food, but some, some of our clothing, yes. but the home goods really is kind of the next frontier. It is. And yeah, I mean, vegan food is really well out there now and clothing and textiles are really catching up I find like vegan fashion is pretty yeah it's gaining some momentum and we're just a little bit behind in homewares and interiors but it is it is accelerating like I organized a conference oh it's almost two years ago now and so much has happened since then like there were a lot of suppliers and and interior designers involved in it but so much has happened um, in just two years that I'm really hopeful that it will yeah, 
it will accelerate and just putting it into people's minds to think about everything that surrounds them, not just their food and their clothes that are directly on them, but just their whole space. Now, what is one, because I want to respect your time. It's late and I really do appreciate you uh, spending this time with us. Um, but I, in because Australia, I, I actually have never tried to coordinate an Australian. And thanks to your guidance and your uh, the app that you sent me to figure it out. Um, it's It was <laughs> no 8, a, 8 a.m. in East Coast uh, U.S. when we started and 10 p.m. in Sydney, Australia, right? Correct. When, when we started. Yes. So I mean, I guess I just never really thought about it too much. And I have been in classes, different coursework, where the Australians show up uh, and it's usually the middle of the night or <laughs> when they show up. We and- are quite used to that here, yes, because if you do work with the U.S. or someone in Europe, it's usually nighttime here and I don't mind it. My kids are asleep. It's the quiet time of the day. But um, yes, it is. It is funny. <laughs> With that, what is what's one material that has come up that is a replacement? We know all the new kind of faux meats and the cultured meats and the different dairy products that we can use. What's what's a material um, that is exciting and you think we should all be like thinking about that's coming up that might be more and more available to the consumers for their homes or for their their lifestyle the first thing that popped into my head but it's not really materials and and lifestyle but it's um mycelium there's a lot made with um fungi now and that's that's furniture even um you know they grow the mushrooms or the fungi and um they shape furniture out of them it's in coffee tables or lamps or i don't know like it it just that one ex- really excites me because it looks it can look like concrete it can look really stylish but it's really just growing um rapidly and and yeah it's just a mushroom really um used in interior products um and also for for building um for insulation um but another one that's more available I get really excited about um, a good pillow to rest my head at night and KPOC is my newest um, discovery and it's available everywhere it's just as soft um, and fluffy as down to me and it's really 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 healthy so I often have clients that want to replace pillows and then they go for memory foam, which after reading my book, you probably know it's really, really not that good and not that healthy. So KPOC um, is a really great fiber that's used a lot now. And KPOC um, is from a tree? It's from a tree. Okay. It's just, yeah, the pods of a tree and it's really fluffy and you can stuff it in in a pillow and um, it's super soft and it's just very healthy. So it's a, it's a good one. I remember K-Pak in the old days from uh, life, life preservers were made of K-Pak when I was a kid. I don't know if they still are. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Maybe they still probably. are. Maybe they aren't. I don't know. But so that's something we can all look for. Yeah. There's probably many out there. It's just the one that's on the, you know, on the top of my head because I specify it a lot and all clients are really happy and like, oh my God, this is finally a really comfortable pillow that's vegan and healthy. So yeah, that's one I think about. 
I think I that's know. a good one for all of us to keep in touch with, keep, keep, th- keep our thoughts around because um, that is something I hear people say, uh, like my down pillows are going to die with me there. I'm never giving them up because I can't buy them again, but I'm not giving them up. So um, that is a, that's, I have to try a K-pop pillow because I, I'd have yeah, I'd, try I'd, it out. I mean, it's not 100% like for like, but if you, if you keep that in mind and you want to find an alternative, that's probably the closest I found. That's not plastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Because we don't want to be breathing that all night either. The plastic right exactly. by our faces. Exactly. We spend so much time on there, really. Um, although it doesn't always feel like it, but we do spend a lot of time sleeping. So it's it's worth um, investing in a good one. Now, so I want everyone to go look for the book, Vegan Interior Design. And if you are someone who wants a little bit more, um, you know, in-depth knowledge, and if you are a design professional, if you're an architect, if you are redesigning your house and you're making a lot of choices in the next uh, six months or a year, it's called the Vegan Interior Design Method Course. That's Is that right, right Eileen? Yes, six modules and uh, it's self-paced. Is that how we do it? Yes. Self-paced. It's designed to be like six weeks, but of course anyone can take it in their own time. And we can find that on your website. Yes. Which is veganinteriordesign.com. Vegan <laughs> I just oh, very straightforward. everything is so clear. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Aline Dur, thank you so much for spending this time being up so late, um, really giving us a primer in how we can start to incorporate some of the things that are really important to us from an ethical, from a climactic, from a sustainability point of view. So many reasons to bring a little more attention to vegan interior design. So thank you so much. Uh, Thank you very much for having me. So, so what did you think about Aline Dur? the vegan interior designer. All Eileen's contacts are in the show notes, but you can find her easily on Amazon and Instagram and the World Wide Web just by searching vegan interior design. And I will be delighted to send 10 copies of her book to 10 people, one book each, to anyone who writes an Apple podcast uh, review of Veg Your Best podcast. And all you have to do is write the review and send me a screenshot of the review. Um, For whatever reason, for better or worse, Apple Podcast reviews really do help me invite uh, other guests and get the word out about the work we do here supporting new vegans, vegan businesses, vegan thought leaders, artists, entrepreneurs. So I know it's a hassle to figure out where and how to write that review. But I'm so grateful and I will be delighted to send you a copy of Aileen's book. And please check out the link to see whether uh, whether her new online vegan interior design course might be for you. Because if you've got a home project coming up, or if your interior design consultant or retailer does not seem to know what you're talking about when you ask about vegan products, this could be the course for you. Okay, kids? Our vegan education, it is never complete, is it? There's no self-satisfied smug veganness here in this in this podcast. So if you're new or if your plant-based um, road has been a bit bumpy, please don't judge yourself harshly. Let's recommit a little bit because we're all learning here. So if I could help, please get in touch. 
you can keep listening to the podcast. You can send me your questions either on Instagram or Facebook, direct message or email me. Or better yet, let's talk because it's free. And we can decide what area of your life could use a little support so that you can veg your best. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.